Shining City Audio, a John Meacham and C-13 original studio. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. February 9th, 1950. Joe McCarthy launches a new Red Scare. I'm John Meacham, and this is Reflections of History. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today, we are engaged in a final all-out battle between communistic atheism and Christianity. Senator Joseph McCarthy of Wisconsin said in an address to the Ohio County Republican Women's Club in Wheeling, West Virginia, on this date, Thursday, February 9th, 1950. McCarthy went on, The modern champions of communism have selected this as the time. And ladies and gentlemen, the chips are down. They are truly down. McCarthy was something extraordinary in modern political life, a freelance performer who grasped what many ordinary Americans feared and who had direct access to the media of the day. One communist on the faculty of one university is one communist too many. He exploited the privileges of power and prominence without regard to its responsibilities, To him, politics was not about the substantive, but the sensational. The country feared communism, and McCarthy knew it, and he fed those fears with years of headlines and hearings. There are definitely two groups of Democrats as of today. Number one, there are the millions of loyal Americans who have voted the Democrat ticket, who hate communism just as much and love America just as much as the average Republican. On the other hand, there is that small closely knit group who are now the complete prisoners of the bureaucratic communistic Frankenstein which they themselves have created. A master of false charges, of conspiracy-tinged rhetoric, and of calculated disrespect for conventional figures, from Harry Truman, Dwight Eisenhower, to George Marshall. I find that the president, on one hand, congratulates senators who hold up the work of our committee, and on the other hand, urges that we be patient with the communist hoodlums who, as of this moment, are torturing and brainwashing American uniformed men in communist dungeons. McCarthy could distract the public, play the press, and change the subject, all while keeping himself at center stage. 
understood as largely unfounded accusations of communist subversion. McCarthyism was about exaggerated threats at a time of real danger. Abroad, evidence of the Soviets' post-World War II ambitions was genuine and growing. By 1949, Moscow had a successful atomic program, a development that led William Loeb, the conservative New Hampshire newspaper editor, to suggest a preemptive nuclear attack, writing, We cannot sit idle and wait for Armageddon and destruction. We must forestall such a catastrophe, and the only way is to strike a proposed aggressor before he is ready to strike. The arrests of Julius and Ethel Rosenberg for nuclear espionage terrified the West. China, meanwhile, fell into communist hands, and the Korean War began. At home, there was the case of Alger Hiss, the urbane New Deal lawyer and diplomat pursued by Congressman Richard Nixon and convicted of perjury after denying knowing Whitaker Chambers, a former communist-turned-cold warrior. And politically, the Republican Party, out of power since the Herbert Hoover loss of 1932, was eager to win seats in the House and Senate elections of 1950. Domestic fears of communist influence were potent and might just make a potent midterm issue. It was in this climate that McCarthy delivered what the Wheeling Intelligencer described as an intimate and homey address to the 275 guests gathered in the colonnade room of the McClure Hotel at the corner of Market and 12th Streets in Wheeling. McCarthy said, While I cannot take the time to name all the men in the State Department who have been named as members of the Communist Party and members of a spy ring, I have here in my hand a list of 205 that were known to the Secretary of State as being members of the Communist Party and who, nevertheless, are still working and shaping the policy in the State Department. The number of McCarthy's alleged communists was a moving target, his charges constantly shifting. In the fullness of time, the 205 figure he offered at Wheeling wandered down to 57. McCarthy thrived on a dangerous but politically alluring combination, hyperbole and imprecision. He was an opportunist, uncommitted to much beyond his own fame and influence. His own lawyer, the young New Yorker Roy Cohn, could not discern any great ideological conviction in the junior senator from Wisconsin. Cohn recalled, Joe McCarthy bought communism in much the same way as other people purchase a new automobile. The salesman showed him the model. He looked at it with interest, examined it more closely, kicked at the tires, sat at the wheel, squiggled in the seat, asked some questions, and bought. It was just as cold as that. Thank you for listening to Reflections of History, a creation of Shining City Audio the C-13 Originals and John Meacham Studio. Reflections of History is executive produced by me, John Meacham, and Chris Corcoran, Chief Content Officer and Founding Partner of Cadence 13. Production and editing led by Lloyd Lockridge, Margot Gray, and Chris Basil. Production assistance by Andy Jaskowitz and Adam Macias. Cadence 13 is an Odyssey company. 
kind to your mind with guided meditations from the Meditation for Women podcast. Your mental health benefits from sleeping better, releasing anxiety, and gaining clarity, all of which are benefits of meditation. And since this is Mental Health Awareness Month, give yourself the gift of meditations. All you have to do is press play and close your eyes. Listen to Meditation for Women on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 